do something so amazing, and he, and he, he wants you, man, I'm telling you, uh, you know, in Isaiah 54, I don't know if you've ever read it, but it says, sing, O barren, sing, break forth into singing and cry aloud for more of the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. And he talks about things breaking open on the left and on the right, and your seeds coming from the far, and they're doing all these things. But, but when, he, when, he, when he said, sing, O barren, he goes to the one person who has a legitimate excuse to be silent, and he says, hey, break the silence in your life and sing. And if you do a study of that word sing, you know what it means? Overcome. 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 I, I know you got this thing in front of you. I know you got this wall that's preventing you. I know you got this problem, this, this weight this, that you think is killing you. No, overcome. And you got, you got the God of the universe looking at you eyeball to eyeball saying, come on. Come on, press in. See, because we, we're singing, Jesus, have your way. And, but sometimes we, we lay back and act like if, he, if he's going to have his way, then he's going to bless me. If that's what he wants, he'll bless me. If that's what he wants, he'll heal me. If that's what he wants, he'll touch me. If that's what he wants, he'll lift me. But God won't do anything without your participation. So he's going to put something in your hand and say, okay, now let's do something with it. Right? Hey, take those fish and go give it to them guys. There's 5,000 of them. I, you know, I, got, I got a Lunchable. I got a one-twelfth of a Lunchable. Okay? Put it in your hand. Let's go. Wonder what God could do if you took your life, your situation, and just said, okay, it's in your hand. Uh, but I'm coming. Okay? I'm leaning in. I'm going to participate, God. I'm leaning in. I'm going to participate. I'm going to do what you've called me to do. And right now, I'm just going to press into your presence. I'm going to overcome. Because the place that I'm at, the place that I am, you, you know what? We, we don't determine our place. We embrace our place. Right? God took man and, and, he, and he, put it, he placed him in the garden. And you, you know what? You didn't pick the family you're in. God placed you in that family. You know, and the place where you work, yeah, I think you've been placed there by God. The place that you're at in life, you need to embrace the place. Look at somebody say, embrace the place. And by the way, this is, we're just flowing right into the message right here because, uh, you know, it's the elephant in the family room. We're going to tie some stuff together and then have a little breakthrough, okay? <laughs> you ready? Look at your neighbor say, buckle up, Beatrice. Okay. So you embrace the place, and when you embrace the place, then, he, then God can reveal the purpose. Okay, there's always a purpose for the place that you're at. And, and, and God begins to reveal the purpose. Why? Because you've embraced the place. And when, he, when, when, you, when you have allowed God to reveal the purpose, then he can release the increase, the provision, right? So here comes the provision, and that begins to flow. But inside of all of that, there's still parameters. Hello, somebody. You know, we're under the impression that, uh, hey, if, if we get saved or, or raise our hand or pray a prayer, then we live any way we want to, and, 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 and we still end up with, the, you know, with these godly results. And today I'm going to tell you something. That there's a lot of disappointed Christians because they're, they're not seeing the promises of God produced in their life. You know, Jesus said, I've come that you might have and enjoy life in abundance to the top till it overflows, right? God life, more life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos, more hope than despair, more provision than lack, more healing than sickness. Is that awesome or what? That God's come to give you life like God has it. Well, where's it at? How come there's so much chaos? How, much, how, how come there's so much pain? How come there's so much, you know, failure? Well, because there's parameters, See, you can be in the family, but not be in the will. 
I, I know you're really quiet. It's like I, I, hopefully you're trying to take it in and not sitting there like digging your heels in. Last week we talked about you know God's view on sex, and and people and pe- people actually got mad at me, which really hurt me. Uh, here, here's the funny part is is that they act as if I wrote the Bible. I wish I could take credit for that. It's a pretty good book. And more than, more than anybody thinking I'm smart, no, I just think to have the number one bestseller of all time would be cool, right? But I didn't write the Bible. This is God's Word. And He set parameters. And when you live inside the parameters, you're going to begin to receive the promises. Hello? Well, there's parameters. And so God set parameters up in life. And, and, and today, as, as we look at this, you know, it's just like, man, we just got to remember there's parameters for our life. And God's, God's coming after our heart. Man, everything God's ever done, remember, what, why, why did he, you know, what did he say about Adam? It's not good for man to be alone. All in one, it's not good. Every decision God has ever made regarding man has been based upon what's best, what's good for you. What's good for you? How's he going to better your life? How's he going to increase your life? How's he going to strengthen your life? How's he going to elevate your life? God, that's that's what it's all about. And we act like we don't really trust him. Like like if I did life the way God says to, I'm going to miss out on stuff. No, no, no. If you do stuff the way God says to, you're going to run into stuff. And it's going to be the good stuff of life. Hello, somebody. Right? And, And I'm telling you. I'm telling you, you don't get to live any way you want to and get God life results. Oh, please don't be mad at me. I just won't sleep good this afternoon. Here's the deal is that we want to help you win, right? And, and, and there's a turf war going on, and it's in every family. You know, and, and uh, we, we were going we to get really cool and weave this in and, and talk about blended families. Because how many of you know that blended families, man, there's some struggle there. How many of you are a par- part of a blended family? See, the, the guys who aren't raising your hand, here's part of your problem is that you don't get it. You're part of a blended family. You know, when Shelby and I got married, we became a blended family. Right? She brought her family. I brought mine. We're a blended family. Uh, we, we, how, if you get born again into the body of Christ, guess what? You're in a blended family. Member of the church, blended family. It's kind of funny at church because I had a guy tell me a couple weeks ago he'd been coming here for 15 years. We haven't been going 15 years yet. Okay, but anyway, I guess he came in advance. He was just getting, he was early. Okay, he was early. And, and <laughs> the stuff that goes through my head sometimes that I don't say. I was thinking some of you guys probably haven't even met him yet because you just got here. And I won't go there. I was going to make a remark about worship because when worship started, there's only seven people in this room. And now it's filling up. Welcome to the party. Um, but the deal is, the deal is, is that, you know, hey, you've been around for 12 or 13 years and now new people are being adopted into the family. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Yeah, I've been here a long time. You got to get in line. What, what are you talking about? We're a family, and there's challenges in a blended family, but you don't get, you know, you don't get privileges because you've been here a long time, and, and you don't get a lot of tender love and care because you just showed up. Matter of fact, if this is your first time here today, take full advantage of it, okay? You're a visitor once, and so what that means is you get ice cream 
first. There's a line out there, and for first-timers, you want to get in it, because next week, that ain't your line no more. Huh? Right? You get behind me, okay? Why? Because we're a family, and there's challenges with family. But let me tell you what the, let me tell you what the challenge is. See, you think, you think it's the stuff that's happened in your past. No, it's the condition of your heart. It's the condition of our heart, and God's coming to purify our heart. It's easy to sing about it. You know, we want, man, we want the heart, the fire of God to purify our heart. It's fun to sing. Yeah, wait till the fire shows up. And you get to fill that on the inside of you as he's burning away the junk and the crud and the, and the stuff that you've guarded and protected most of your life. And God said, hey, I want that out of there. Because here's the deal is that this kind of represents our heart, okay? This is our life or our heart. And all through life, we start putting stuff in our heart. And, and we start getting our, you know, there's people and there's possessions and, and there's situations and, and there's, there's promotion. And, you know, clear back in middle school. And remember when that kid said that you were a loser and, and, and he kind of hurt your feeling and you looked over and then he had another friend and he agreed. And so you've carried that wound ever since then. Remember, remember when your dad said that you that you weren't very smart, and, and you've never been able to get rid of that. And, but uh, and remember when those and, and you know and you just get the stuff, and your life starts, your your heart starts filling up with junk, right? And and the thing is, is that the more you, you deal with life, and, and then good things. It's, see, it's not just the bad things. Sometimes it's the good things. It's like you know you get introduced to to, to a motorcycle. And then somebody shows you a Harley. And then somebody suggests a Suzuki. You know. But stuff happens, and, and, and sometimes without even knowing it, you know, it ends up taking a place in your heart. And your heart starts filling up with stuff. And see... Uh, there's some things that we got to understand because if we're going to embrace the place, if we're going to allow God to reveal our purpose, if we're going to see him release the provision and we're going to live inside the parameters, uh, well, well, we have to understand that uh, we're supposed to seek him first, right? Everybody say, seek him first. And, 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 but we lie to ourselves. Why? Because we're Christians. Huh? Come on, we, we have to lie. Can't just, can't just admit, nope, this is first in my life, in this area of my life. When it comes to this area of my life, when it comes to this area of my life. And that takes, that takes position in my heart. Well, see, you got to understand something real quick. I want to tell you four things that God cannot do. Okay, four things that God cannot do. And you might write these down or, or, or you know, get them tattooed on your body or something. I don't know. Four things God cannot do. Number one, number one thing God cannot do. God cannot operate against his own character. Okay, so, so you know, there's just, you know, for example, he can't lie. He can't lie. Because that would be against his character. See, uh, uh, some of you guys might, might want to think about it because some of you think every once in a while something bad will happen. You think God did that. Like, like, uh, like sickness comes. I wonder what God's trying to teach me. Can I just say something to you? Just with all the love and compassion I, I've got, that's stupid. Okay? God don't make people sick. That would be against his character. Because uh, I'm telling you that the, the healer doesn't bring sickness first. And here's just a little side note. Where would he get sickness? 
Where would he get it to give to you? Because he ain't got it to give. See, well, that would be operating against his character. Number two, number two, the second thing God cannot do that you need to know, and there's more than four, but I'm only giving you four. Two things, you know, that number two and the things God can't do. Number two, God cannot be second. He's God of the first things. They said he's God of the first things, right? And, and so uh, Matthew 6, where it says, seek first the kingdom of God, and then everything else will line up, right? Everything else comes in order. When? When, when you seek him first first. There it is. Seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. Then everything else that you're ever worried about comes into order. It doesn't mean that there's never going to be, uh, you know, tribulation. Jesus said in this world, there's going to be tribulation, right? But be of good cheer. But how many of you know that it's better to go through life with things in order than to go through life with things out of order? See, you're going to end up in tribulation, but you want stuff in order. Man, even, even when, when it's not tribulation, Maybe it's just late in the evening. It's nice when things are in order instead of out of order. You know, you know when, when we travel, we'll, we'll get a motel room. Anybody ever do that? I'm just checking because most of you guys have never done anything. You're like the most boring people that we've ever met. You've never had a hard day, never had a good day, and you've never traveled. God. Okay. Anybody ever traveled? Oh, suddenly there's healing in the room. Okay. Shelby and I will travel, we'll get a motel room, and there's two things that we're going to have at night. One, we're going to have a Diet Pepsi, that's for me, and we're going to have a bag of ice, that's for her, right? And so when I go down the hall with the plastic bag, the ice machine, and the pop machine, if one of the machines says out of order, nobody's having a good night. Why? Because I can handle stuff if, 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 if it's in order. We're not where we want to be. I'd rather be at home. We're not sleeping in the bed we want to sleep in. I'd rather sleep in my bed. We're not with the people we want to be with. We want to be with our people. We're not, you know, but if we got a Diet Pepsi and a bag of ice, we can make it. Well, God's like, hey, you, you're going to go through hard stuff, but if you put me first, everything else will be in order. God cannot be second. God cannot be second. See, here's, here's what you need to know is that the enemy knows. See, he doesn't have to get you to worship the devil, bro. It's not like you got to get like, you know, a bone and run it through your nose and start, you know, you know running through the neighborhood naked. All you got to do is put anything in front of God. And the enemy knows that God will not be a part of that area of your heart. Why? Because God cannot be second. Hello? I'm, I mean, check it out. Check it out. That if, you put, if you put something in here, if you have an area of your heart and you put that in there, God's no longer involved in that part of your heart. Why? Because God cannot be second. That's why, that's why when it comes to giving, and I, I, can, tell, I can tell with this crowd, because none of, none of you have ever done anything, but... Uh, <laughs> You know I'm gonna, you know I'm gonna have fun with this. But uh, uh, you know, it's like somebody starts talking about money at church, and they go, "Oh, all that church ever want? They, they just want my money. I don't want your money." By the way, I don't work on commission. So it's like if you give a lot, I don't like get a lot. It's not how it works, right? So I don't care, and I mean this in a nice way. I see, I want you blessed, but my, I don't sit around wondering if you're giving or not. That's between you and God. But if, if, God's, not, if God's not first, well, here, uh, Matthew 6, 
but it's like the third verse, 21. She'll be 21. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart's at. Hello? Where your treasure is, that's where your heart's at. You, you understand that, that your treasure doesn't follow your heart. Your heart follows your treasure. 35 years of ministry, people will come in, their families, in, you know, on the edge. They'll say this, I, I just don't think I love her anymore. I just don't think I love him anymore. When's the last time you invested in them? You, you know, some of y'all are having some relationship stuff. When did you invest in each other last? You know, because before you, before you hooked up, right, you, you would buy, you'd buy gifts, you'd buy presents, you'd go to dinner, you'd hit a movie. You, you know, if you go to a movie, go, you buy two movie tickets, a bag of popcorn, two pops, you got 75 bucks invested. Right? Your heart's going to swing up over there sometime. Hello? You know what I'm saying? You, you, you with me? Hey, uh, Evan, Evan, do you have money in the stock market? Do you ever check the stock market? You don't check the stock market. Why? Because your treasure's not there. If we took the next six months' wages, your wages, and put it into Krispy Kreme, think you'd look at the stock? Every day. Every day. Why? Because that's where your treasure's at. See, I don't care about your money, but God wants your money. Now, I'm going to let that just sit there for a minute because some of you are looking at me like a bunch of Presbyterians that just found themselves at a Holy Ghost tent revival. What did he say? God wants your money. Again, I just let that hang. You know why God wants your money? Because if he gets your money, he can have your heart. And if he, if he can, no, wait, 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 wait. If he can have your, if he can have your heart, he can change your habits. But if he can change your habits, he can change your final outcome. But if he can't touch your habits because he ain't got your heart because you won't give him your money, see, you got to put him first. I, every, this money thing, this money thing, uh, let me tell you something. The Bible says that everything belongs to God. All the silver, all the gold. Deuteronomy says, you, got it. you guys have forgotten that it's God who's given you the power to even get wealth. So everything you've got is God's. And then God says, hey, here's what I want you to do. You know, uh, you know I, want you to, I want you to bring 10% back. I'm going to bless you, but you're going to bring 10% back, and you're going to give it to the church because that's, and it's all through the Bible, but people argue all kinds of stupid stuff. Why? Because money. Why? Because that's their heart. You know, everybody's got money, so I have money stuff. I, I want more money for me. I want to take my family to, to lunch today, too. But, you know, I don't even have, I don't know that I even have cash to take my family to money, you know, to lunch. But I, dude, come here. Have you met my new friend? Dude, you, I, I saw you earlier, but you look better now. You're like righteous. Ephraim. That's so awesome. Thank you, bro. Why, why is it so easy for Ephraim to jump? He handed me a $100 bill. Some of you guys, some of you, oh my God, yeah. Why is it so, how, how is it so easy for him to jump up in the middle of it and give it to me? Well, because I gave it to him right before service. Yeah, and I asked him. When I get to that spot, jump up there and hand it to me. Why is it so easy? Because he already knows it's mine. 
Why is it so hard for you to give yours to God? Because you don't realize it's already His. See, why? Because that's got your heart. He doesn't. And so all of a sudden, all of the stuff that keeps coming in here and taking up your heart, and you don't realize God can't. It's not that He won't. It's that He can't be second. Third thing God can't do. Is that where I am, number three? Third thing God can't do, uh, God can't learn. You and I, you and I, listen, when, when God said, my thoughts aren't your thoughts, see, God doesn't think the way you think. My thoughts are higher. As far as the heavens are from the earth, so are my thoughts higher. And he's not talking about, oh, my thoughts are lofty. He's, he's like, my, my thought process is so different. Because see, you, you use thought to figure stuff out. God ain't trying to figure out anything. You do know that nothing, nothing has ever occurred to God. He's never went, oh, wow. I just thought of that. He, he has all the info. He, he knows the end from the beginning. He, he, he's got the whole picture, so when he sees it, he sees everything. Okay, It's important to understand that, that God ain't lacking any info. Matter of fact, when you're praying, telling God all about it, you're not telling him something he don't know. God can't learn. Fourth thing, it's important. This one's vital. God cannot change. I am the Lord God. I change not. It's important to know that God can't change. Why? Because if God could change, he could get better. He can't get better. I said he can't get better, which means that if God won't operate outside of his character, if he can't be second, he's got to be first, and that's never going to change, and, and, and he's going to set parameters up for my life, and everything that he does is for my good, then I can trust him. See, uh, uh, Acts 16, 31 says, put your entire trust in the master Jesus, and then you'll live as you were meant to live, and, and your whole household too. So if I trust him, then I can stop putting other things in first place in my heart because I can just quit it. Why? Because I know that God's not going to change. I know that the situation isn't going to suddenly shift, and I'm going to realize that, oh, that would be better for me. Nope. God already knows everything's for my good, and he's not going to change the rules along the way, and we're not going to find out that this is old-fashioned. Nope. This is always for my good. He's not going to change. He had all the info at the beginning, and, and he's going to be best for my life, and that what God has is what's best for me. Okay, so I can get that. So I can get that. So, so then, then, I, then I realized, remember last week when we were talking about Isaiah 53, 5, and he said that he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we were healed. See, he can't heal what you won't admit is wounded. See, the transgression, the trespasses, if, if, if you can't say, yeah, I was wrong, then he can't heal that. He, he can't heal what you won't hand over. See, we, we want God to swing by and bless what we won't invite him in to fix. 
And, and God's saying, no, I, I want to get in you, and I want to get so deep into your life that you're, not, not, that you're no longer wounded, that you're, not, that, that you're not carrying the pain from the past, that, that, you're, not, that you're not moving into a future that's, that's so heavy with, with the junk that, 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 that the enemy tried to weigh you down with. I, I want you whole. I want to purify your heart. And so what we do is we start coming to God, and, and we start coming to his word. And the Bible refers to the word of God as like water. And, and you start renewing your mind, right? And you start getting around God, and you start pouring God into that heart that's got all of this stuff. And, 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 the, and the love of God begins to fill in all those spaces around all the stuff that's in our life. And we feel stuff begin to move, but we get to a certain spot and we say, you know, I, I want more of God, but man, the, whoa, oh man, I got to be careful because some of this stuff has been part of my life and I don't want to let anybody else know I have any of my stuff. And so, but, but see, I got, I got God in me now. I got God in me now. I got God in me now. But the problem is, is that you look just like somebody who ain't got God in them now. Your life is really not a whole lot of different from somebody who ain't got God. It's just you got God down in there. And if we get close enough, if we dig around, we might find a little Jesus juice. But the fact is, is that, 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 that you're still wounded. You're still hurting. You're still broken. You're still defeated. You still don't have true victory. You still aren't living more life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos, more hope than despair, more provision than lack. But you got a couple verses memorized. So he's changing it, but you just ain't changing the way you live yet. Why? Because he can't change your habits until he possesses your heart. See, and see, he's, he's wanting to change it from the inside out. And so you, but you keep pressing in and you keep pressing in and you just keep getting the love of God and the word of God and the presence of God and the things that used to be so deep and the things that used to hold on to you and they begin to come up and they begin to have to let go and you begin to get delivered and you begin to get set free. And you say, you know what? I'm not going to stop with just part way. God, I want the full meal deal. I, I want you to just pour in your love and your mercy and your grace and your power and I want you to change me from the inside out. And I want to get to the spot that I am free. Pa pa Pastor, Pastor, there's still one in there. There's still one over there. Yeah, but it's surfacey stuff. What used to be deep-rooted now floats on the surface. And the enemy comes along, and, and he likes to play with it. But I'm going to tell you something. No matter what he does, he can't get it deep in you anymore. Why? Because you've really given the totality of your heart to God. Why would you settle? Why, why, why would you settle for a little bit of Jesus? Man, I'm, I'm here today to beg you. Don't accept a religious experience. You know, like, like rotary for Jesus people. You know, we get together and we do a couple of outreaches every once in a while so we feel good about ourselves, but we ain't going to change it the way we live. Why? Man, do you realize what God has for you? Do, do you realize the hope that's in front of you? That you could actually step out of the pain, out of the darkness, out of the brokenness, that you could step into wholeness, 
that you could be restored, refreshed, renewed, revived, elevated, that you could have the joy of the Lord as your strength, that the chains of bondage would be broken off of your life, and that you would know real freedom. Here's the problem is though, is that a lot of us are surrounded by good meaning, nice Christian people that they don't want you to get totally free. Why? Because they've lived in total bondage for so long. Your freedom's going to actually accentuate their bondage. So they tell you, no, you're just going to have to live with it. That's just the way it is. And I'm here today to tell you, man, we've been through life and we're still in the midst of it. And we still almost on a daily basis get to work with people who are dealing with heavy duty, I mean, mind blowing, what you would think would be, you know, dream crushing realities. But there is a reality that is stronger than all of those realities. And it is greater as he who is in me than he who is in that world. That I have strength for all things. I am ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ who is infusing me with an inner strength. But I'm going to tell you something. What it means is that, what it, what it means is that almost every day I'm having to address the way I do life. Am I inside the parameters of God? Because in, in order, in order to, to know the ways of God, I got to go to the Word of God. And I go to the Word of God, and he, he unveils the ways of God. And as I walk in the ways of God, that's when I begin to collide with the will of God. But I can't have the will of God outside the ways of God. You're not going to get the will of God for your marriage if you're, if you're not going to go ahead and actually get married. You're not going to know the will of God. For, I'm, I'm just going to tell you something. You're never going to succeed if you're afraid to trust him with your money. Matter of fact, if you think that, we're bring, bring, that I'm talking about this so that we can have your money, let this be like one of your last weekends here. And, and, and you go connect to a church that you trust, but you make sure that you start tithing. You don't have to tithe here. But you have to tithe to your church. You have to do it God's way. Bring all the tithing to the storehouse. And, 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 and you start tithing, and you do it God's way. And, and you, I mean, you pour yourself into it, and you, you put your treasure in the place where God's called you to be, and you watch God elevate your life. But don't you think that you're going to find some way around God's ways? Because all you're going to be then is disappointed and an advertisement for a non-believer. And I'm kind of tired of, of, of church people advertising for the devil. If you don't have victory, it ain't God's fault. It's an obedience issue. Say, I love Pastor Tom. Oh, God, thank you. There's things in your heart that you've hidden, that you've covered, that you've buried, that you pretended didn't matter, and God's going, hey, I want to heal you. I want to restore you. I want to move. You know, Jesus, have your way. He can't have his way without your participation. So he's calling you. You say, here's what you do. You open up your heart, and you let me begin to pour in. And you watch that stuff just begin to float up and out of your life. But you have to admit it's in there. You can't hide it. You can't excuse it. 
You can't pretend like it doesn't matter. You got to say, God, forgive me. For I've sinned and I've sinned against you. And I'm ready today to let you bring healing and restoration into my life. So while we're sitting here and we're in this spot and you know that there's stuff in your life, I don't know if it's a habit. I don't know if it's a thought pattern. I don't know if it's a system of abuse. I don't know if it's things that have been done to you or things that you've done to others. But you're ready to allow God to pour into your life right where you are. I want you to stand to your feet because I'm going I'm to tell you something. That God's here and he's calling people to a place of healing, a restoration, a place of hope, a place of deliverance. And so just he's going to turn the light on. Yes, God, I want you to move in my life. You're going to stand up and you're going to just move yourself right down. We're just going to make an altar here for a moment and just come right for, right to the front and just stand here and we're going to let God move in us and we're going to thank him. Why? Because we got good news. I said we got good news.